This is chapter 23, the song of Avanti Brahmana. So this is the story of Brahmana who is going to give us some understanding about what Uddhava has asked Krishna. So Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 23, the song of Avanti Brahmana. Verse 1 says, Sukhdev Goswami said, Lord Mukunda, the chief of Dasaras, having thus been respectfully requested by the best of his devotees, Sri Uddhava, first acknowledged the fitness of his servant's statement. Then the Lord, whose glorious exploits are most worthy of being heard, began to reply to him. Lord Krishna said, O disciple of Brahaspati, there is virtually no saintly man in this world capable of resettling his own mind after it has been disturbed by the insulting words of uncivilized men. So, Sudeva Swami is continuing with his story. He says, when Krishna was told by Uddhava, was asked by Uddhava, can you please explain to me, how are we supposed to overcome this simple thing, which because of our tendencies, we are not able to do it. So can you please explain to us? So Krishna first has to acknowledge, yes, it's right. You see, the simplest of the things are the most difficult to understand. Why? Because we are conditioned human beings. We are used to certain ways because of our inherent nature. Inherent is inbuilt nature. We have it in our blood, by the way. There is no way in which you can get out of it. Because of our inherent nature, we are used to these methods. So then, how do you have single-pointed devotion? So Lord Krishna says to him, He says to Uddhava, O disciple of Brahaspati, there is virtually no saintly man in this world capable of resettling his own mind after it has been disturbed by the insulting words of uncivilized men. When people insult you, the insult is could be any kind. Are you able to settle your mind instantly? No. Even the most saintly people cannot do that. They are not able to overcome their mind. See, I am using a word over here which is constantly being emphasized. It's called M-I-N-D. Mind. Nobody is able to overcome their mind, including the saintly type of people. So first let us acknowledge this, that if you are insulted, it's not going to be so easy to overcome whatever that has happened. You are going to be disturbed. Let us acknowledge it at once. But what is the most important part in this line? He is saying, the insult is going to touch you. It is as if if I take a needle and I poke it, I am sure to feel the pain. Why? 
because I have nerves, I have everything in my body and it is definitely going to hit me. So, an insult when it touches me, this insult is actually touching my mind. You understand what I am saying? A physical touch or a hurt hurts the outermost body. The outermost body is there, you feel hurt. Say if somebody comes and pinches you, then what happens? You are definitely going to get upset about it. And you will feel the pinch. This is known. And this is a physical reaction. Whereas insult, you are hearing it with your ear, it is going towards your mind. Remember the whole passage that we last time described, it is going inside your mind and that cauldron, you know, that walk that is there inside called the mind. Of course, it's going to create a lot of problems. It is literally like pouring water into hot oil. Have you ever done that? You know what happens? The whole thing. And you had it. Of course, it's going to cause a lot of problem. This is an acknowledged fact. But the one thing missing over here, there is no need of a reaction. <laughs> but this is the one part which is missing from us. So we are going to learn that today. So how is Krishna going to teach us? Let us see what he says. Sharp arrows which pierce one's chest and reach the heart do not cause as much suffering as the arrows of harsh insulting words that become lodged within the heart when spoken by uncivilized men. This is exactly what I explained just now. You see, if an arrow or something pointed hits you, naturally you are going to feel physically hurt. But it is more hurtful when people say hurtful things. Because we are not able to cope up with hurtful things. It's so simple. In this world, there are people with color. In India, there are people from the northeast. They have slightly different kinds of eyes. And the people, the general populace, wants to point it out to them. That, oh, you look like this. And the moment it is told, they get very angry. In the same way, a dark-skinned person, if you tell the dark-skinned person you are uh, blacking or you are a dark-skinned fellow or you are whatever, he gets very upset. You know, we are used to calling you are a dunce, you are an idiot. I think this is a very common phrase with <laughs> that we hear even in our class. So people, they have a general tendency, don't be an idiot. Don't be stupid. It's a no very normal course of talk. We just say the words, but it hurts the other person. Oh, he's calling me an idiot. Do you think I'm stupid? This hurts a person a lot. So Krishna is saying these words. Then. Yes, the words hurt a person a lot. 
Do you know there is another thing which actually hurts a person a lot? Unspoken words. Unspoken words are more hurtful than spoken words. Do you know the reason why? What is hidden has got more value than what is open. Okay, I think I'll, I'll use a very stupid example. You know, you go to the beach, I mean abroad, not in India, and you find everybody is in a bikini and nobody cares to look at another person. <laughs> Whereas, if everybody is dressed properly and one person is dressed inappropriately in a conference or in a hall, just imagine everybody is wearing a black color, you know, black or grey or white, and there is one person wearing red. It's a standout color. Everybody is going to look at that person. Oh, that person. We are so used to it. And the unspoken word happens at that point in time. You know, in the minds of every person over there, what a stupid person. He has no common sense. He doesn't understand that this is a black tie or this kind of a place. You know, you are supposed to come appropriately dressed. Okay. And that hurt carries a lot more. This is an unspoken thing. Even when you go for a function, if you go for some conference or if you are going someplace, if you are watching people, just by the look in their eyes that you can make out, you know, oh, this person is talking like this. And what is that unspoken thing? It is actually happening in your mind. All the words are getting imprinted in the mind though nothing is spoken over there. But your mind is going on at a very high speed, you know, typing it out. It just carries on. And that is where the problem is. So, both the kinds of things hurt the person's heart quite a lot. My dear Uddhava, in this regards, the most pious story is told and I shall now describe it to you. Please listen with careful attention. Once a certain sannyasi was insulted in many ways by impious men. However, with determination, he remembered that he was suffering the fruit of his own previous karma. I will narrate to you this story and that which he spoke. Now, Krishna is now going to tell us a story. In that he says that there was a Brahmana. He was insulted by many people. Impious people around, he was insulted by them. But with determination he remembered he was suffering the fruits of his own previous karma. This is an extremely important line. Why do things happen to you? If somebody is insulting you, if somebody is saying something to you, if somebody does something to you, why are they doing it? They are doing it, it's a return gift to you by the way. You understand what a return gift is? Hmm? It's a return gift of your karma, you have performed exactly the reverse of that. Let us say that person is calling you names. Why is he calling you names? It's because you have called him names in the previous life somewhere. 
It's a return gift to you, isn't it? In this world, karma equalizes. There has to be a balance, you know. Book has to be balanced. So if you have to balance the book, there is no way in which you can say, oh, he is doing it to me for the first time. There is no first time like that. It's a return. The whole thing comes right round. They say, no, the world goes right round. So exactly what has happened. But we do not remember that in the most crucial circumstances. We always tend to forget. We think, oh, this person is acting so mean to me. See, why is he acting mean to me? Because you were mean to that person somewhere down the line. It's a reverse thing, isn't it? Huh? So let us see how it works. So we are going to talk about one story where this Brahmana is insulted and he has to undergo certain issues. In the country of Avanti, there once lived a certain Brahmana who was very rich and gifted with all opulences and who was engaged in the occupation of commerce. And he was a miserly person, lusty, greedy and very prone to anger. Common thing, isn't it? So we are talking about one Brahmana. He was staying in one city called Avanti. He was like every other human being on earth. His senses were out of control. So he was lusty, greedy and prone to anger. You may say that I am not none of those. Lusty doesn't basically translate into, you know, like one of the filmy villains who is lusting after some. No, 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 no. It means you are basically involved in your regular activities which are lust. Lusting doesn't translate directly into, you know, your saliva is dripping and all that kind of nonsense. No, it means that you are used to your normal life also. So this person was used to his normal life and what can, what is, what does this second word greedy mean? Greedy means every person is interested in some growth. But maybe this Brahmana was interested in better, better than all of us. He wants to achieve more and more and more. So let us see what this Brahmana does. In his home, devoid of all religiosity, and lawful sense gratification, the family members and guests were never properly respected, even with words. He would not allow even sufficient gratification of his own body at the suitable times. Now, his story is beginning. It is told that in his house, there were wife, children and everybody around. All relatives were there. Maybe his old parents were there, we don't know. But everybody in the house that was there, he did not treat them properly at all. Just think, if the child says to the father, Father, I want a lollipop, I want a chocolate. What would he do? <laughs> not today, I cannot give it to you. For everything he had a negation. He would not treat anybody properly. If some guest would come, he would say, just give them a glass of water and ask them to go. I mean, just imagine this kind of situation where we have been taught to be very, very kind to people who come to our place. Whereas he is treating them in the more, most irreligious ways, not welcoming them. When we 
enter a class, don't we wish our teacher good morning teacher or whatever? Yes. Mannerisms, you know, manners. We are taught very simple manners by our parents and teachers, you know. We are supposed to do that. Whereas this person was not doing even that. So when guests themselves were not treated properly, even with words, he was not even interested in saying good morning, good evening, good night or whatever. He was just, okay, you know how a grumpy old man is? <laughs> if you have seen that, you know, so White and the Seven Dwarf, there is grumpy over there. <laughs> so early in the morning, he is grumpy. There is anger sitting on top of his nose. Don't know why. So such kind of a person. He would not even allow sufficient gratification for his own body at the suitable times. Means what? That means very simply, now just imagine there are lots of people in this world, very simple task is, an important task is to be done of going from one place to another. It takes one hour to walk down. It takes 10 minutes by a cab. You take a bus, it may take 20-25 minutes because the bus takes time to come. This person would rather walk. You understand? He would not go into the simple things in life like even taking a bus. He would rather avoid spending that money. So very miserly kind of a person. So his attitude towards his own self was also like that. Since he was so hard-hearted and miserly, his sons, in-laws, wife, daughter and servants began to feel inimical towards him. Becoming disgusted, they would never treat him with affection. Normally, we have such kind of people in our world and what do we do to these kind of people? We treat them inimically. That means we don't treat them nicely at all. We know very well this fellow is an idiot. He doesn't talk to me properly. We also act in a similar manner. So everybody in his family, including his wife, his children, his in-laws, whoever there were, they were inimical towards him and they would not treat him with affection at all. In this way, the presiding deities of the five family sacrifices became angry at the Brahmana, who being niggardly, guarded his wealth like a yaksha who had no good destination either in this world or the next and who was totally deprived of religiosity and sense enjoyment. Yes, an important line over here is the presiding deity of five family sacrifices became angry at the Brahmana. This sounds very much a religious kind of you know, line, but actually it is not. The five family sacrifices and the presiding deities. Who are the presiding deities of the five family sacrifices? Family is a group of people, isn't it? We are a group of people related to each other. A family is a relatives. Isn't that so? Now let us say there is something happening in the family. Are you supposed to be participating in it or not? So if there is a function, 
let us say a Thanksgiving has gone now. Now let us say the Christmas is around the corner and if there is a, there is a Christmas celebration. There are five people in the family. Are they not supposed to get together and enjoy the same feast, whatever festival that is going on? Yes. But let us say one behaves in a very, very niggardly fashion and says, No, I don't want to come. I don't want to be a part of this celebration. What happens to the rest of them? Don't they feel bad? Are they not affected? Everybody is getting affected in this. So now think about this. Five family deities. Who are they? We have the family is your body, your entire being. We perform sacrifices on a day-to-day -day basis. Which means we see, we hear, we touch, we smell, we taste. Isn't it? Similarly, we perform actions. These five deities connected to these very, very important functions. Now let us say the eyes. If they stop functioning, then what happens? You are going to get into very big trouble. And what is the trouble? You will have lesser vision. You will not be able to see. Similarly, if your ears start ringing or they stop hearing, then what happens? Your hearing is impaired. Right? You are not able to hear much. You become deaf. So now imagine all these things are a part of one family. What happens to the human being? The human being himself gets affected, isn't it? Suppose you are not able to hear something, then what happens? Have you ever gone to a movie where there are no subtitles? I mean, in Netflix there are lots of movies that are going on and there are some words saying, said in Chinese and there are no subtitles. You are watching the movie and you are wondering, what is that fellow saying? I don't understand. <laughs> it is, isn't it very funny? Huh? It's exactly the thing. Imagine you can hear the words but the screen is blank. Even in my satsang, suppose the screen goes blank and you can only hear the words. You know you are going to get very upset by it. So, many a times it is very difficult for you to focus on that object, to try to understand. You, you have seen news readers. You see the same news reader every day, by the way. You see the news reader performing the same action, whereas he, you, you can see me, my hands are going here and there, my actions are going on, I am talking into the camera, you, I can see you all, you can see me. What is there to see, you will say. I see the same person every day. What is the point in seeing that person? Can I close my eyes and I can just hear him? <laughs> no, you want to see also. Whether you like it or not. And you want to hear also. If I just, you know, mute my microphone for two minutes, 
you know you are going to keep on fiddling is something wrong is something wrong <laughs> you are going to fiddle with your system try to fund is something wrong now think about it this brahmana is going through similar kind of circumstances where the deities that are they are not performing in him then what happens o magnanimous uddhava by his neglect of these demigods he depleted his stock of piety and all his wealth the accumulation of his repeated exhaustive endeavors were totally lost you know this is a very very important line for all of us why because we work hard towards achieving something really very hard if we want to really get to some position in our life what do we do we study hard we work hard so if it is a question of achieving the highest qualification in our life we study really very hard and imagine the last year of your college something drastic happens to you what happens to the degree after that you don't get it then what happened to all those years of efforts that you have put in they come to a not that's it imagine the situation in our life we have worked very very hard in building a house you know there is a, a there is a volcano erupting right now it is in bali and that place that place that particular volcano is called mount agun i have sat on another mountain facing it having a meal we were watching how the volcano is erupting i have seen this i think five times in my life i've gone to that place and now today early in the morning there was a warning signal that the eruption could be very very violent it could destroy not only the cities around that place the whole uh, you know villages around that place but the amount of ash and smoke it is going to spew it is going to cover this entire earth so forget about the closer places even places like india or africa may get affected then what happens so this is what i mean when something that is going on for a very very long time you are trying to put the whole thing together have you seen the dominoes you know people pile up the dominoes very nicely they take efforts in putting up and with one stroke they just tap it and the whole thing falls the whole thing falls all over the place if you go to instagram or youtube there are people who set up huge piles of dominoes so that when they fall they form a pattern imagine you doing that you are trying to climb a mountain and at the last step you slip and you fall down we human beings want to always gather good karma good karma means good work by the way we always want to help people we always want to be nice we always want to be kind this that all those things 
now somewhere down the line just one small single stroke thup, and everything goes for a toss just a few days ago i mean maybe a day or two a person who has never spoken any bad word in life suddenly uttered a bad word and everybody around were very stung by it how can that person say this bad word so what happened to all those years that you have kept quiet they all come to a knot isn't it it is like being a virgin and one one fine day you go and do whatever you want to and everything is over and think about it you have become a priest and then one fine day or oh, you are caught and oh this is this person is a pedophile finished the whole career has come to a zero it happens to most of the big people by the way and it is not so easy okay you have to understand to maintain that integrity in life is the most difficult thing in the world the integrity means to continue on the path without wavering here and there is the most difficult in the world just two days ago i heard about one person this lady who is who was also the vice principal or principal of some college or something and she had gone for a very regular checkup now she has maintained herself so many years i think she must be nearly my age two daughters who are studying in i think married or settled i don't know what they are doing but in the united states and this lady is in india she is she was a principal or something of a college she goes for a checkup and during the checkup she is told that she is most likely in the final stages of her colon cancer can you imagine the entire life which she might have built up over a period of time suddenly comes to a grinding halt everything gets destroyed in that one moment it is exactly the way how our integrity and our karma works we should try to always maintain our own you know the beautiful ways that we are born with try to be the good human being that we are even a simple action can completely grind to a halt everything that is that we have put it up on so coming back to this the accumulation of his repeated exhaustive endeavors was totally lost so we were talking about this brahmana he had done so many things put up the money together everything and suddenly one fine day everything came to a halt and not some of his wealth of the so called brahmana was taken away by his relatives my dear uddhava some by thieves some by whims of providence some by effects of time some by ordinary men and some by government authorities all the things that he had gathered in life 
came to a complete grinding halt. The money which he had accumulated. Imagine a man accumulates wealth so that he can have a very good retired life. And something like 2008 happens. The housing companies collapse, this, that, so many things happened. Imagine that kind of a plight happening to a person. Everything comes to a grinding halt. There is nothing over there. His wealth was plundered. The relatives came and took it away. Thieves came and took it away. Providence. So everything was completely destroyed. Finally, when his property was completely lost, he who never engaged in religiosity or sense enjoyment became ignored by his family members. Thus he began to feel unbearable anxiety. Having lost all his wealth, he felt great pain and lamentation. His throat choked up with tears and he meditated for a long time on his fortune. Then a powerful feeling of renunciation came over him. So these two verses I will explain to you. Finally, when his property was lost, what happens? What happens to a human being when everything gets lost? And by the way, it happens to literally everybody. There are so many people who have filed for bankruptcy. In India also, there are so many people who have come down into the streets. And things have gone out of hand. The money goes away continuously. I mean, there's nothing left over there. I still remember the place where I was born. The place where I was born, they owned 27 massive properties in the entire street. The street was named after them. The town was named after this person where I was born. They had so many cars that they had their old petrol bunk. They had, they, had, they had their own petrol pump because they could fill the petrol in their own cars. 27 massive buildings, one after the other, and the entire colony belonged to this one family, this one place where I was born. Slowly, today there is nothing left over there. Absolutely nothing. Just the name. That place only goes by the name. There is nothing left over there. They were owners of mines and properties and this and that and everything got finished. Similarly, the kings and the queens of this world also lost their properties. Imagine, one fine day, nothing is left. We have seen these stories happening to us. This is a, these are big people, but let us say the smallest of the person who has worked continuously in their life. At the end of their life, what happens? The son or the daughter files a case against them and the court rules in their favor and they are lost, they are left with nothing. This is the case which happens with many people around us. Again, a mother and a father, they might have put 
so much of love in their children. One fine day what happens? The child disappears. The man says, I don't want to see my mother and father. The woman says, I don't want to see my mother and father. I just want to go away. I hate those people. Then what happened to the years and years of love that is put in? This is the story of every human being, by the way. It's not just that Brahmana story. It's our own story. Whether it's the money in the bank, whether it's the love that we have for children and for other people, or whether you think you have built a reputation over the years, the reputation can get sullied in one instant. Your property can get destroyed. Your business which you might have taken years and years and years to build, suddenly doesn't exist. I was talking to somebody just two days ago and I asked him yesterday and I asked him what happened to the bank next door. There used to be a very big bank which was so busy. And he says, oh, the bank got merged with another bank. But what happened to the branch over here? This man says, don't you know what is happening in this world? Everything is by means of your apps. Internet banking. Who is going to go to the bank? What happens to the cashier over there? There is no work for the cashier. There is no work for any of the staff inside because everything is computerized, automated. The bank doesn't need staff. There is no need of a pune. There is no need of a branch manager. Why does a company have to spend on premises? Companies like Amazon and you know Alibaba have created a virtual economy in space. You don't need stores. You don't need places to go and buy stuff at all. You don't need places. You don't need people. I can directly on the internet through my app or through my laptop, I can order things. Everything is over. The way we had thought of this world, suddenly the banking industry and every other industry is at its wit's end. They don't know what to do because everything is now coming to a halt. The same thing happened to this man. The Brahmana literally lost everything. Then what happens to the human being? When everything is lost, what does he have left? Only that time which says, I should have done something. I have to now think of something different. And what does he do? He gets into an intense feeling of renunciation. I hate this, but I want to give up everything. What do you want to do? You want to give up everything. You want to be a renunciate. You just don't want to be a part of this world. Everybody has taken your money. Everybody has taken your happiness. Everybody has taken away whatever that you think you own, including your own, you know, whatever you felt, I own this, this is mine. All that mine has gone. It's no longer a mine, by the way. It's empty. <laughs> there is nothing there. 
Everybody has come and taken away the gold. Everybody has come and taken away the oil. You, you know what happens to the oil wells and the gold mines and all. Everything finishes over there. Nobody goes to that place once again. That's what happens. You feel neglected. You feel hurt. You, feel, you don't know what you are going to do. This is exactly where we come to. And yes, we have come to a very, very crucial stage in the story where the man has lost everything. And he is feeling as if the whole world has collapsed around him. So he is going to do something which is called rejection of everything. And in that rejection, he says, I renounce this world. You know, I am going to leave you with one thought. We human beings are exactly like this. We do exactly the same way. You know, if I point out a mistake of a person, that person says, I am never going to do this again. I don't even want to get into that direction. I will not even do this. Why? Suppose there is an argument between two people. And the person loses the argument or whatever. What does that person say? I will never talk to this person ever again. Isn't that what happens? It's a reaction. Do you know what is building up now? This is called hurt ego. What we are building up is called hurt ego. Doesn't it, doesn't it tell you that? I am hurt. I am upset. I am always at fault. People are blaming me. I have lost everything. Don't, doesn't, doesn't the person say this? I have lost everything. I built this in so many years and now nobody is there with me. I, me, myself. The biggest ego of all. It is called the hurt ego. You know, it is easy to get over a bloated ego, but difficult to get over a hurt ego. If two friends, if they fight over something and they go away feeling hurt, do you know how difficult it is to put them together again? It's like Humpty Dumpty. You cannot put him together again. So the hurt ego is the worst ego. And at that point in time, because of all these things, you want to renounce the world. So this man does exactly that. Renounce the world. So we will stop over here and I will continue ne next week. So we had stopped at verse 13. So next time we will start 14 onwards. But we have come to a very, very crucial stage. I'll just do a recap of what we did today. We ended the last chapter in which we did just two verses. Uddhava asked Krishna a question. He says, Krishna, can you please tell me how do you have devotion towards your lotus feet? How do I overcome this thing? Which is connected to my body, mind and senses. Then in the next verse, next new chapter, Krishna says, I understand. You are going through all these problems. So I am going to tell you a story which will explain to you what is it that you can do. So a story begins where a Brahmana explains, there is a very rich Brahmana. He has 
piled up money, this, that, so many other things. He has a family. But he was very stingy. He didn't want to spend on himself or the family or anybody. Everybody is against him. And finally, in the end, the inevitable happens. Everything goes for a toss. There is no wealth left. Everybody leaves him. So he is left with absolutely nothing. In that case, he is supposed to now bother about his own world, that, that tiny world of his. So he has undergone a state of renunciation. I want to give up this, I want to give up that, I just want to run away somewhere and go and stay in a closet myself in some place. That is the extreme case of renunciation which happens to him.